Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. In this segment of the show, you heard a little bit about whether or not the debt ceiling would be raised over the last few weeks. And my question is, what does that have to do with mortgage rates? Because believe it or not, there could be an effect on mortgage rates over time. Might be good, might be bad. Also, do you need 20%, 10%, 5%? To actually get a mortgage or can you get into a good mortgage at reasonable rates with even less without further ado john birchfield who's an avp and also a good friend of the show a mortgage consultant with capital city home loans welcome john hey cleve thanks for having me you are probably our longest standing guest on the show and oh, yeah? uh yeah well i mean you and i were doing these shows 10 years ago i know it was 10 awesome. years ago Come a long way. Yes. So over the last few weeks, um, everybody was worried that we're not going to raise the debt ceiling and it's going to cause the United States to go into default. I did a little bit of research, and I think it's the number is higher than 30 or 40 times in the last X number of years they have raised the debt ceiling. So I'm not totally sure where everybody worries about it every time that it happens. I guess maybe there could be a stalemate. But yeah. first of all, give us a little for those who those of us who do not understand what the debt ceiling actually is, and 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 what what uh, what service or what what um, guardrail it provides for the U.S. economy, and then let's talk yeah. a little bit about how it being raised or not being raised would affect mortgage rates. Yeah, um, well, there's a lot to unpack there. Sorry, so that was a long question. That was three or four questions. I just question. I just looped them into one. <laughs> um, but the debt ceilings basically allows the gov- federal government to borrow more money to meet its demands. Because w- what we know is with the interest on the debt that we've already accrued, not having a balanced budget, so their expenditures are more than the revenue that they take in, there's a shortage uh, each and every fiscal year. And so there has they have to have the capacity to borrow more money from the markets. They do that by selling treasury bills. Right. Uh, and if they don't have the capacity to do that, the federal government basically goes, I mean, you'll hear the words, they go bankrupt or they don't have the money. to. But the truth is they still have a lot of money, right? Well, they just have to choose who they get to pay and who they don't get to pay right. because they don't have the ability just to go out and borrow ever how much they need to pay whoever they want to pay. Yeah. I remember in the Clinton years, and it probably has happened since then and certainly before, they had a the government shut down. I think it was 10 days yeah. or 14 days or something like that. Everything got put back in place. It was a showdown between the Republicans and the and the Democrats. Now, I thought the president could just approve whatever budget he wanted and has no checks and balances. So it sounds like this must be part of the checks and balances system where Congress actually mm-hmm. sets the limit in terms of borrowing, even though Congress doesn't determine all of the spending, because a lot of the spending's already been determined years and years ago. Yeah, exactly. So now those bills are coming due from what was determined so far long ago, and you got to borrow money to do it. And now they're taking a second look at it and say, well, how much, uh, you know, do we just give an unlimited amount of borrowing power to the federal government? And certainly the, those that are tend to lean to be more fiscally responsible don't think that that's a good idea. Yeah, I um, every once in a while I go take a look and see how much national debt we have. It's thirty one trillion why would you do dollars. that? <laughs> I don't know. And but the reality is it's really not thirty one trillion because seven of the thirty one we actually owe to ourselves. And I don't know about you, right. but I don't put debts to myself on my own 
on my own uh, uh, net worth statement. Um, yeah. But uh, it's a it's a it's a sad situation. And you say we're spending more than we're we're bringing in. I mean, it's like to the tune of a trillion dollars a year. Uh, lately, right. I mean, it's a big click, and during the pandemic, it might would have been two or three or four trillion dollars um, that year. So, how does uh, has it been settled yet? For those who don't know, yeah, yeah, okay. they reached an agreement that's okay. good for two years, so okay. it brought us through this election cycle. Perfect, right? perfect. Oh, uh, okay, so we'll revisit this whole thing in twenty twenty five again. Yeah, little political um, stuff going on. Yeah, and to <laughs> your point about interest rates and how it affected it, you know, interest rates are tied to those U.S. Treasury bills. So as we neared that last four or five days before they reached an agreement, the yield on those treasury bills skyrocketed, and so did mortgage interest rates, at least relatively speaking. Okay, so um, so hang, so slow down for just a second because this is a very interesting point, and I get it only because it was something that confused me for years and years and years. So because investors looked at investing in U.S. bonds as a more risky investment for those last few days, they required a larger yield. In other words, they would, if they wanted something to yield 10%, I'm making a number up, then they would have to pay less for it than, than, than the bond who pays three or 4%. And so mm -hmm. you saw a direct effect on mortgage rates. So how much did mortgage rates go up for the four or five days before they got it all worked out? We jumped about a full percentage point within about a four day period of time, which is uh, in our world, that's that's a that's a dramatic increase. In a very yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you, there, there are some uh, lenders who need to go to the chiropractor for their whiplash because that is serious stuff to have that in a week. And I'll bet mm -hmm. you, in many cases, when you have something that's that volatile, one percent in a week, it it shuts some buyers down. Meaning they're like, no, forget that. I can't go from six percent to seven percent, or six and a half to seven and a half, or or, or whatever in the heck it is. So yeah, now exactly. now that it's been settled, I would assume rates have settled back down just a little bit what have you seen they happening have. okay good they have just in the just in the two business days after the the agreement was reached and it, we saw interest rates drop a, a solid three quarters of a point so yep. almost back to where they were prior to the the whole mess um since then last you know week or so we've seen some slight trickles up as it becomes more and more probable that we're um, not seeing the major slowdown in the economy that the fed expected especially when it comes to wage growth and unemployment. Um, still a very strong labor market. Yep. And with that going on, there's an expectation that rates will have to stay a little higher for longer than the market had hoped. To keep That's it a little upward pressure on that. But meaning to keep it from overheating. So exactly. it's not falling as fast as people expected it. In that case, they might right. be easing things already. It is such a, it's just a big melting pot of all these different things going on. And um, I know it's a confusing subject for all of our listeners. If you just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer in Atlanta. I'm Cleve Gaddis. I'm the host of this show, and I'm joined today in this segment by John Birchfield, who is with Capital City Home Loans. John uh, has, in my opinion, the heart of a teacher, and he can be reached by calling 678-226-7887. I will tell you, John might have a tendency to give you more of an explanation compared to less of an explanation, but that's something that I really value in our relationship. John, I'm right in the middle of getting a mortgage through you right mm -hmm. now for my new townhome, and I'll tell you, your staff is just cracked, man. They are just on top of it, doing what they need to do, getting awesome. stuff um, taking care. I sent him my underwear size yesterday, so I think I'm totally done providing all of the information I need. We think so. 
You well, may come I, up with something else. Actually, that's not true. I have a couple more things to send you. So, John, when I bought my first home, I paid 10% down, and I worked long and hard to save. It was $13,250 because my purchase price was $132,500. Yeah. And my interest rate was 8.875%. It was March of 1992. And I was disappointed that I couldn't come up with the 20% down, but I was 23 years old, and I just didn't have yeah. a lot of time to save that money. So can somebody get into a house at a reasonable rate, meaning a, a reasonable interest rate, if they're paying less than 20% down, 10 or 5 or I know there's 3% options available. I know there's even 0% yeah. options available, but they got to be a lot more expensive, right? No, oh. not necessarily. Okay. Um, and and I'm, I, I love talking about this because if we could get on top of a mountaintop and screen this to every uh, person who's never purchased a home before, because I heard a statistic the other day and I don't have the source to back it up. I was in a, a seminar and, and didn't catch the source, but uh -huh. they said 40% of folks that have never owned a home think that you have to have 20% to buy a home. Not even just get the good interest rates, but 20%. 40% of the, the population has never purchased a home. That astounded me. That's two, in, that's two in five people. That's right. That's a lot. Um, and so, you know, no, 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 no. There are loan programs available for as little as no money down. Um, there are very attractive loan options with as little as three or three and a half percent down going with FHA. And in some cases, these loans are subsidized to the point they may actually be more affordable than other type of scenarios. So sometimes a government-insured loan can have a lower mm -hmm. interest rate than a yeah. sort of, let's just call it a normal market rate loan. Yeah. I know that's probably not the best way to do that, which is so very interesting. So mm -hmm. if you are listening and you're like, whoa, okay, I think I'm in that 40%, get out of the 40%. And yeah. here's how you do it. And, I, and, and John, I'm going to make this offer for you. Call John Birchfield. Exactly. 678-226-7887. And, and just say, look, hey, I don't know. I, I don't have you know, 20% down. I'd like to get in a home. I've dreamed about getting in a home. I want my family in a home. Tell me what the heck to do. They could even use a curse word instead mm -hmm. of, heck, I can't do it on the radio because I get in trouble. But tell me what to do to move from here to there. And you could right. help them understand what mortgage options are available. You could help them understand what they need to do if they're not currently ready from a credit standpoint. I mean, you could help them mm -hmm. with all of that. Am I right? Yeah, knowledge is power. And just just sitting blindly, not exactly knowing where you are doesn't help you get to where you want to be. Right. So we got to we got to know where you are. We got to talk about where you want to be. We got to draw a line between those two points and then get on the line. Mm -hmm. Right. And we love doing that. I mean, you said heart of the teacher. That's exactly right. I mean, that's and, and John, that's the fun part. John, you've done. Uh, uh, $90,000 loans for me, and you've done ones that are a lot bigger than that, and you handle yeah. the small ones just like you handle the big ones. So if you're listening and you think, ah, nobody would even care about my business, I say give John a call and give him a try. I think the takeaways from this are that the now that the debt ceiling has been increased, whether we agree it should have or not, it had a positive effect, meaning it brought interest rates down somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, it, the reality is the more stability we have in the market, the higher interest rates are, the less stability we have in the market. And I mean the market, the world, everything, uh, The generally the lower interest rates are. So, John, I, and the takeaway is if you think you need 20% to buy a house, get started, have a conversation with John Birchfield today to see whether or not you're in a position to move it forward. 678-226-7887. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, real estate investing for beginners. What do you need to know? Also, Airbnbs, how do they work? Do they have safety issues? Cleve Gaddis will say, yes, they have safety issues. Stick 
with us because we'll be back on the next segment.